All right, well, hey there, all you DC Comics News fans, DC Comics fans. Guess what? You've arrived at the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, episode number 149, and I'm your host, Seth Singleton. I'm not alone, though. I'm here with the amazing Mr. Brad Flicky. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing okay. Hope everyone listening is doing all right as well. Definitely, definitely. We do know if you're on the East Coast, there is some snow. I think I hear of like an inch or two, maybe two to three. <laughs> am, I, am I underselling that? I don't know. Brad, <laughs> says maybe. Yes, yes, you are underselling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you know, if you are stuck inside, whether it's on the day we're recording, which uh, that's a weird, you know, sort of understanding that you're somehow listening to us before we've got this posted or whenever you're listening to it or if you're just inside because you know it's a good day to be inside listen to stuff snuggle up get warm let us regale you with a selection of wonderful stories put together by the amazing editor mr josh rayner big shout out to mr steve recovering over there on the other side kelly and Kendra, who can't be with us this time around, looking forward to having you all back soon and together. Maybe even all of us next week. Hmm, why would that be? Stick around. You'll hear why. We have some movie news to get us going as part of our process. We've got the movies and we've got TV streaming, little comic books. and We're going to wrap it all up. Uh, not in a bow, though, because Christmas came and went. But trust me. We have a presentation. We're starting things off with the fact that the Batman has just received a new movie poster. Brad, do you have space on your wall for this? I I, I start to run out of space, not only for what I'm, you know, okay to put up, but what there's actually space to put up. This is a pretty cool one, though. Do you think you might tear something down to hang it on your wall? Uh, I just might. Yeah, this yeah, this poster is really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm really liking the color palette that all these movie posters have used the reds have been really cool uh and this one has like these oranges and you get another cool look at the riddler so yeah and the penguin is also featured in this uh poster so that's kind of cool and more catwoman so march cannot get here quick enough i am so psyched uh for this movie what about you what do you think of the poster I think it's a great poster. I mean, I love the sort of preview image where it really focuses in on Bruce with the question mark and the the flames behind the car. And then you sort of pull the lens back for the full view and you've got Batman, you know, in that central. And then you've got the uh, position characters, as you mentioned, you know, uh, Riddler, Catwoman, and then uh, Penguin there in the back, maybe pulling some strings. Hard to say who's doing all the pulling of the strings. But yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool poster, and I think it's going to get people pretty excited for the movie if they aren't already. And if you aren't already, well, then maybe it's time that we tell you about the Batman funeral scene clip that's been released. And wow. Now, the, the poster, that's that's one medium. It can only do so much. But there was a lot for me that happened in this funeral scene clip. And I love the fact that it's like, wow, we're still a month away and you're you're dropping it two and something second segment like this what else could we get before the movie drops brad what would what, you think and is there more in store yeah you know they've been giving us some clips and new little hints and tv spots every week so we might get 
uh, we might get to see some more before the movie uh, does come out. Yeah, th- this clip though was was um, you know very dark. And I want to say you know that you know that a lot of people have said it's this feels like seven. Well, this clip is not going to change your mind if you're thinking that you're going to get a David Fincher-esque thriller in this next movie. Uh, it, it does have that um, seven feel, but yet it does feel like a Batman movie. Um, there's hints and tones of the Nolan movies. So yeah, I, I, I dug this clip. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I'm going to say to that is, okay, go ahead and name me just how many writers and artists have worked on a Batman project or title. Go. How many of them look the same? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, of course it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, you know, for anybody who's like looking for certain things, it's like, yeah, this is the director's style. That's just how it is, you know, and this is a lovely preview of it. Um, What I loved about this clip is that it took so many different segments that we've already seen in the trailer that were not as uh, consistently arranged as this one is. And here you have a really cohesive story in a really short, you know, series. You you pointed out it is dark, but it does so much so quickly in the amount of time. Everything from the connection that we see uh, Bruce having with the boy in the pew, we have that moment where He's sort of eavesdropping on a conversation uh, between, I can't remember if it's the chief or a lieutenant, but uh, they're having that conversation. And then right in the middle of it, we get that weird sense of what it's like to be, you know, a celebrity status like Bruce with a police officer saying, hey, hi. And you're like, oh, man, you're at a funeral. Like this, (laughs) This seems like a bad time to do that. But not only. Wow. But also, I wonder how often that happens and what an awkward way to just sort of insert that in. Like, it's not all, you know, hey, he's dating celebrities and showing up in cool cars and appearing at the most fashionable events. Like, it's also the awkward parts of celebrity. And then that uh, that that car scene where we set up that that someone's missing and we get a chance to discover why it is they've been missing through that car scene. And just so many pieces that I'd seen in the trailer where it filled in the gaps. And I thought to myself, wow, that was a lot packed in. And it unloaded a lot of the story for me already. And I think it gave a great glimpse into what we can kind of expect the rest of the movie to be like. Where, you know, if you're paying attention, there's a lot of story to be gathered from every shot. And that's what I felt the most about this. It it gave a lot in such a, a short segment. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I agree. It gave a lot, but yet didn't give a lot away. And Definitely. that's that's important, too. And that was <laughs> that's a tricky, tricky balance to try to find. So I think they did a good job with the clip in that in that respect. Definitely. Definitely. And I think it's important too to note, you know, there was that moment where he's connecting with the kid in the uh, sitting in the pew, because in our next story, we learn it's been confirmed that the batman will not include bruce wayne's origin story which i think is a a really cool approach given what we were just talking about with that scene and moments that might allude to what's known about his origin story and otherwise but brad before i go on pontificate what do you think about this uh choice decision announcement reveal i think it's a smart one 
we've seen the origin story so many times. Um, it's every single Batman movie. It seems we see the pearls fall. You know, uh, we we know the story. We don't we don't need to see it again. Um, so I, I'm, I think that that is a smart move. Um, you, like uh, an example is Spider-Man Homecoming. They didn't really do the origin story in that at all. And the film didn't suffer because of it. And I don't think this one will either. I think it's a smart idea to not rehash a story that we've seen a million times. Uh, you know, they, they they kind of going beyond, above and beyond trying to say that this is going to be a different type of Batman movie. And one way that can be a different type of Batman movie is not having to go through the origin story again. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think those are great points, man. I mean, I really feel that the origin story is something that's uh, been established in the, uh, I, I think in the collective conscious and maybe even for some people, the collective unconscious, like they've seen it enough times in some glimpse where it's like, Batman, he's the guy, right? The origin where I think it's this, like it's, it's, there's enough of that there <laughs> that exists mm-hmm. that people know about. And given how many, you know, stories we've had just in the past, say 15, 20 years, you know, about Batman that have been available to the public at large and that have been a a big part of cinema, that this is something that now that it is established, we we don't need to to come back to again. But I love that moment in the scene we were talking about in the last story where they do make just him looking at that kid. I was like, that's nice. That's so nice. That's all you had to do. You know, Mm -hmm. you can be really heavy handed with things or you can let the audience fill in the gaps. It's like, when they talk about the sequential panels and they'll say, you don't have to do everything between two panels. You can leave enough for the reader to understand, oh, that's what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love yeah. that sort of trust and respect for the the viewer. And um, yeah, I'm really encouraged between those two things. And I'm also encouraged by the fact that, you know, we've got a great story about Matt Reeve discussing Ben Affleck's and the, uh, the Batman script. What'd you think about this? Uh, this sort of insight that we got from this story? Uh, you know, I, I think that it was a very diplomatic answer from Matt Reeves uh, because he didn't really, uh, you know, talk smack about the other version. He, he just said it kind of wasn't for him. In fact, he kind of said some interesting things about it, that it was going to be more tied into the DC EU and different characters and, Giving the time when they were talking about the Ben Affleck Batman movie, that would have made total sense, you know. So uh, I, I like the idea of a James Bond type of Batman movie. I think that would have been kind of a cool thing to see. But on the flip side, I think that Matt Reeves' vision here is going uh, going to be very, um, very more personal and not so, which he has said before, but not so, um, you know. Um, relying on spectacle or tie in obviously to other parts of the DC universe. Um, so I, I think that there's good and bad with both, both takes, you know, depending on what, you, you know, what you feel is good for the character. And Matt Reeves version is just different than what the uh, Ben Affleck or DCEU version would have been. I would think it would be cool if they could somehow do like a a comic book 
miniseries adapting the screenplay. I think that would kind of be cool to see, just to see what we could have gotten. So, um, yeah, but that's what I think. What about you? I do like that idea. I think it would be a really neat way for people to get the material with it without having to, you know, rely on it being created solely through a, a big budget, you know, film process. That there's an opportunity to say, hey, we've got this great story. You know, why don't we let um, a talented comic writer and a talented artist, you know, show us what it looks like in comic book form as an adaptation and see what people think about it just as a, you know, an added part. And I, I like the idea of a James Bond. You know, I, I mean, I think it fits into the type of Batman that we got from the DCEU up to that point, right? It, it felt like those were things that fit into the strengths or played well to the strengths of someone like Ben Affleck, who's, you know, put on the, the airs of like suave and, and, already demonstrated to us a version of Batman that we had seen go up against Superman and also then in the Justice League and then later what we know about from the Snyder Cut. So like there were already pieces of this that were established. It makes sense for a script featuring Ben Affleck to go in that direction. However, you know, if your intention is to come in and focus on a completely different area of Batman's identity, mythos, um, process you know going into something that deals more with the sleuth with the master detective you you have to take a different approach you know you have to show that from a very specific way it's it's like there's so many different sides to batman and so many different ways he has to be in order to fight crime the way he does that (laughs) that's why we have so many great comic book stories that's why it takes so many different movies to show different stages in his life, different parts of his personality, different things that come into play depending on what he's dealing with and the characters he's facing. Like, you know, I mean, in many ways, Batman is like a perfect example of adapt or die. He he finds the way to be what he needs to be for the thing to do what he needs to do. And, and through that, you get all these great versions of story. I could keep going and going and going, but then at the same time, I know for a fact that we've got more Batman and DC Comics news coming your way. Bat Family news, let's go ahead and call it, because we have the announcement that Ivory Aquino is joining the cast of Batgirl as Alicia Yo. What did you think about this announcement, Brad? Bat Family news just keeps growing. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of cool on the representation factor because uh, Ivory Aquino, she is a transgender uh actress and she's also playing a character that was transgender in the comics so i think that's a really cool um cool thing just for you know in terms of representation which is always important but also it's cool that it's a relatively new comic character so i like when when these movies get inspiration from newer stories um because i think that's important i think that we we still need these good comic stories so i like that these characters are coming from newer comics so yeah all in all i think it's it's a win-win uh what about you yeah it's definitely one of those decisions that just placed all the strengths of barbara and you know that was that was a great thing about the gail simone you know Batgirl run you you had the chance to establish this character as more than just you know someone who got inspired by Batman and and put on a suit and went out and fought crime and kept a secret from her dad like there's 
there's a lot more to people than just that one part and through her roommate through the relationship um and and i think also you you point to something really important that this is a newer chapter in uh oh i got invaded by a dog if you hear rumbling i i just heard it um so (laughs) you know you get a chance to have these newer stories and and because of that you also get to introduce people to volumes that came out relatively recently that they can get their hands on that they can follow up on that they can learn more about not only barbara but um aquino um and so many other characters who uh who made that back row run just i think important but also defining for the character developing so much more about who they were outside of the costume and i think the inclusion of uh, Kino in this Batgirl movie gives us a chance to do that now in film. It's like we did it well in comics. Let's take from some of the best and, and put that on the screen because it's going to give people a really <sighs> fleshed out, a very, you know, human side to uh, to the crime fighter. Anyways, I could keep just sort of blah, 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 blah. But <laughs> I mean... Give me time, man. I'll just get going. But we we do. We do have more. Now, it's been announced that come February, a bunch of DC movies will be leaving HBO Max. Brad, any of these you're going to try and get one more watching before they before they go? Oh, yeah, I'd like to see the Joker again. Um, Actually, I'd like to see all of these again. it's a big it's a big list. We've got Wonder Woman, Joker, Aquaman, Birds of Prey, Lego Batman movie, Shazam, Suicide Squad, Teen Titans go to the movies. So that's a that's a lot of heavy hitting DC movies. Uh, you know, I think from a certain business side of things, it might be a smart move just to keep up the demand on the home video side of things. You know, people might want to if they can't see it on HBO Max, they might pick it up on Blu-ray, something like that. But I'm sure that this might be a temporary thing. You know, they'll they'll come back at at some point. They'll make the rotation again. Um, but, yeah, it is kind of a bummer that we're going to lose them, at least for the time being. So you have until the end of February, guys. So if you haven't watched these yet, now's the time. Uh, what about you? I think there's a bonus side to this, which is you can really make a pitch for them for Valentine's Day for movie night. I hear uh-huh. crickets. I hear crickets. Meh. Okay. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, everybody finds an opportunity. You know, at one point uh, recently, my wife was like, uh, I don't know what I want to watch. You want to put on a comic book movie? And I was like, wow, let's rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when it's your idea because then it's just more fun, right? Uh, <laughs> hey, that's our. Uh, <laughs> That's our final uh, movie story. And for me, yeah, I, I totally agree with Brad. Like, It makes sense as far as the industry, as far as just rotation, as far as keeping demand. And it's a great incentive. If you haven't watched any of those movies recently, you've got till February 28th. So make a plan. Put it on the calendar. Get a schedule going. Whatever works for you. Uh, <laughs> more importantly, just keep in mind that after February 28th, if you're like, hey, what happened? We told you. We we told you today. And uh, yeah, we're good. Hands clean. Okay. So TV and streaming news is just knocking at the door, not even trying to let us go. 
And we've got a teaser to lead thing off from uh, James Gunn and a Suicide Squad series is on the way. Brad, uh, what? Two things. I hope it's the weasel <laughs> since he did survive. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, but uh, he did say it wouldn't be necessarily in the same genre, which is interesting because he handles comedy so well. Uh, there is so much comedy in the Guardians and Peacemaker and Suicide Squad were almost straight ahead comedies, you know, so him trying to him not working in comedy would be a very interesting thing to see. I would be open to any character he wants to work with. He's got a knack for taking those lesser known characters and making them huge. Uh, and another thing about this story, though, is it kind of buries the lead of, in, 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 in a way because it mentions the fact that they are almost ready to make it official that there's going to be a peacemaker season two uh everybody's been loving the first season so it's great news that we're going to get to see more i love it i i want eight seasons ten seasons just so i can watch that opening sequence over and over and over again (laughs) without going to youtube so uh i i love the fact that we might be getting another season of, of peacemaker uh what about you I feel we are just days away from that becoming like some unbelievable flash mob somewhere at a wedding. Yeah. I don't know what, but it's just going to happen. And we're all going to go. Yeah, we were due. We were, we were just due. It's infectious, right? Like, yeah. look, Brad, you don't have to out yourself, but you know, have you heard of <clears throat> other people, you know, getting up and performing the routine in, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Because I certainly know I don't do it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, if I was a dancer. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I do love that you point out that they they did totally bury the lead here. It's like, okay, so way to just sort of like sleight of hand. Oh, there's going to be probably a season two. As James Gunn says, we just have to cross and tease and dot some I's. That's basically uh, it's happening. So Yeah, Uh, we may have to wait a while because the schedule is so full but Fair i'm enough. willing to wait yeah i'm willing to wait yeah i i i'm confident that well not only that but there's also the question of like okay so if he's going to do this other suicide squad series how could that potentially connect even though it's you know not in the same genre if it's still in the same universe there could be some factors where you would want to establish those in the series and then have the peacemaker follow that that makes sense too, if that works out. But I, I do also get it. It's a pretty busy schedule. We've had a lot of good stuff coming our way, so uh, you know, it might take a little bit. But I'm also curious to see who we end up with, and then what sort of you know genre we go into. Because Weasel is a great one. I felt like uh, with Ratcatcher, we had a really cool, fun you know story. Uh, one in which you had generational thing. One in which you could. Have some really cool locales, uh, you know, if we decided to leave the U.S. and and go overseas anywhere. I I think there's potential with a number of the characters. And then there's just a few others where you're like, who could you, you know, I feel like with the Ratcatcher one, it could definitely go into a less comedic, with a little bit of comedy, but definitely a less comedic turn. You could really do something much more somber. And then I was actually trying to think, you know, the other one that that could be kind of fun, um, you you might be able to... uh, to get away with one with uh, Idris Elba's character, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Let's forget. You know, 
I also wonder if maybe it's, you know, he he's talked about, oh, there were some characters that I wanted to use but couldn't. It, uh, uh, yeah. he, maybe he could revisit some of those characters as well. So, and, you know, I how funny would it be if Matter Eater Lad was somehow in it? Because he did get name dropped in the first episode of Peacemaker. So that would be, <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Definitely. That would be a huge one. I would totally dig that. <laughs> I love your thinking, man. So while we have that to look forward to, we also have the announcement that makes me just want to run around in circles, but I can't do it as cool as The Flash. So I shall spare the... We have the announcement that uh, The Flash has been renewed for season nine. What do you think about this announcement? Uh, I, I think it's great. Uh, he's so good in the role. He is the Flash. Uh, it, it's perfect casting, and he's really grown into the character. Uh, the character itself has grown with him. Uh, I, I think it's uh, a great. It's great news, and it means we're getting more of the Flash, which is great, and overall more of the Arrowverse or, you know, whatever you want to call it these days since there's no Arrow show. But, uh, you know, more and more The Flash is the flagship show of that universe. And it's good that it's uh, it's going to keep going. And it's good that it's going to keep going with him because he's so great in the role. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think it's <laughs> I think it's such good news. I mean, I think The Flash has consistently delivered the heart of the Arrowverse, CW, Superheroverse Whatever you want to call it. Um, it. It was that balance to the grittiness of Arrow that had been around for so long that when you suddenly had this show that was just a little bit more like, you know, tugging on the heartstrings. It did it so well. It did it so honestly. And it continued to, you know, just find the ways to, at least for me as a Flash comic fan, just pull all those great pieces out of the history and go, there you go. Remember this one? Yeah, we love it, too. All right, let's enjoy it together. And that's a great feeling. Um, you know, I, I like you said about Peacemaker, you know, 10 seasons. I'm happy to see Flash go another, you know, 5 to 10. Get, get me to 15. I'm good. Yeah. I could be just fine at, at 15. And um, yeah. I can say that with confidence because our next story uh, features the fact that season 8 teases the return of the West Allen kids that is right we've got bart we've got nora which means we've got a season eight that has a lot of potential brad what do you think about this announcement potential is right it, it it definitely looks like there's some really cool stuff going on and i i, I always loved the character of nora in the show uh and it always kind of bummed me how she left the show uh it, it was such a downer. So it, it's great to see her back, and and uh, uh, I just yeah, I I just hope that we can get to see even more of the character of the season. I hope uh, I'm, I I I do admit that I'm a little bit behind on the Flash, so I hope it's it's not just a one episode thing. I hope that it is more of an arc over several episodes at least. So yeah, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. What about you? Yeah, I'm even going to take it further. I'm hoping it's an arc that brings back the characters for the rest of the season that, you know, makes it possible for them to be a regular part of things. Uh, we'll see. 
how it plays out. But I'm pretty excited. I think, uh, I mean, one, timeline fun, what's not to love? Uh, two, you know, we get back Barton Nora. Three, we've also, you know, got the mention in here that Goldface is coming back, which means we might also have Katie Sackhoff back again uh, doing Amunet Black. So there's a lot of fun already to enjoy there. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> They've done a really nice job, like I said, of, of capturing pieces like that. Like Nora and Bart feel so intrinsic that, as you said, when, when Nora left, it was like, wow, that was that was tough. That was really disappointing it had to happen that way. But it, it, it makes having her back so much more, you know, rewarding. And then also it sort of builds up that hope. Like, can we get her to stay? It, it'd be really great if we could get her to stay. So can we do that? OK. All right. Let's talk about that. <laughs> um, with that, we also have loosely connected to uh, the Flash universe, Eobard. Well, not too loosely, but, you know, I don't know how tight you like to draw things. Legends of Tomorrow, Eobard Thawne, he's back in season seven. And we've got some reveal about that one. Brad, what do you think about this story? Uh, you know, I I wish I didn't find this story so confusing uh because like with the flash i am behind with uh legends tomorrow and the thing is with with 22 episode seasons uh it's hard to keep up with all the cw dc shows as much as i want to and uh, on the surface they try to save ferdinand but then realize they can't because the the timeline is in a way it's got like good immune system so it's kind of healing itself so no matter what they can't really save him so i i actually wanted to throw this back to you seth because i'm curious if you are caught up um with with legends and if this was a little bit of a, a less confusing story for you with the, <laughs> with the this the yeah and I hate to say that, but, you know, just with the, the way the time travel thing is working here. I, yeah, I'm a little uh, I'm a little baffled. Yeah, there's there's been a lot happening with Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> and they're they're really working with just all the absurdity that can occur within time traveling. So it's I actually saw this episode with you, Barthon. Um It was just this past week. And I got a chance to uh, toss it on while I was doing some, you know, reading, grading, editing stuff. And it was really fun because essentially the uh, the legends. Well, they got tossed back into time right around the time of like Prohibition, um, Bonnie and Clyde, things like that. And they discover along the way that there has been a change to Gideon. There's now two versions, and this is from events from the previous season. And because of that, there's like two versions of the Wave Rider and the team. But that's actually made up of uh, one's a real team, one's a fake team, but they both believe they're real. It gets pretty out there. So in the process of everything that's been going on, uh, there's a moment where in order to... Um, sort of lure the other team to uh, a place where they can attack them and get back the wave rider. The original team decides to attack a fixed point in history and they decide to stop the assassination of uh, Franz Ferdinand. And in doing so, or was it his nephew? 
I'm probably going to boggle that up. But in attempting to change a fixed point in history, it's a it's a, a tactic to lure the other team in. And it turns out that Eobard Thon, who had been destroyed by a black flash, uh, actually was pulled into one of those timekeeping groups and in doing so is charged with every day keeping people from changing this fixed point in time because it turns out there's a whole bar you can go to where if you're trying to do this you watch other contestants because fixed points in time are almost impossible to change that was a long-winded me of me trying to explain all that i don't know how well like no no that was uh i get it i get it that's a big that's a that's a big help kind of yeah okay now if you haven't crap i should have gone ahead and put a spoiler before that in case people have not caught up with their yeah all right what are we gonna do look (laughs) if you didn't want to hear that hopefully you just fast forwarded through all of it because i totally forgot to take that into consideration but brad i hope that catches you up a little bit um and and for me that's where it was really fun um and i think it's great that we can sort of use this to also talk about a great event that occurred in that episode which is our next story which is the introduction of the arrow versus first asexual superhero and uh brad curious to get your feedback on this before i share my thoughts you know uh once again we're talking representation here and this is probably the first time i've ever encountered uh any kind of representation for the asexual community. So that is very interesting. And uh, I'm curious if that's going to kind of bring it more to the forefront and have people talking about it a little more. So that would be interesting to see because it is those, that's a whole segment of the population that was really never represented. So uh, kudos. And I hope it, you know, creates a little conversation. Uh, What about you? Yeah, it was a it was a really interesting moment in the in the show when this uh, scene plays out, because it's it's kind of fun that these two characters have never really actually spent a lot of time with each other. They have both sort of avoided any one on one interactions, and it, it turns out their perceptions of each other sort of caused them both to like feel like, hey, that person's, you know, someone that is you know cooler than me or but you know what i mean that that sense of like well they wouldn't like me anyways and as they start to like learn how much they like about each other and compliment each other about the things they like and get to know each other uh they they really move into this great conversation about um relationships and love and spooner just starts saying yeah i've actually never really had that it's just not something i i felt I heard people talk about it and I understood it, but, you know, that's never been something. And I thought it was just a really cool moment then for uh, the character uh, playing Zari for her to just be like, yeah, hey, let's, you know, let's talk for a second. Because if you haven't had a chance to talk about these ideas with someone, you know, it might be really cool to hear some feedback. And the more they talked, she said, well, this is. This is something I think you might be interested in. I think what you're describing is asexuality. And it was just really great exchange. And I'm looking forward to, to being a really great development uh, of the character. Because Spooner came in tough. She was like, uh, <laughs> she was just really hard-nosed, had, had grown up, you know, taking care of herself, but also had this, like, really, you know, interesting backstory about being uh, an abductee and 
from there, the story is spinning out in some really cool ways. And she's become a, a great part of the cast. And I love this development of her character and that it occurred in this exchange where two characters really hadn't spent time together. And you're like, huh, yeah, what's this going to be like? And it really developed into a great TV moment and a wonderful development for the character. So, yeah, man, it was it was really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Got to catch up on the Legends of Tomorrow, folks. Just saying. Yeah, like, I do. It's good stuff, and I, I I can't stay away. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> All right, so shifting away into our last TV streaming, uh, we've got a story in which Neil Gaiman is thanking activists for boycotting Lucifer, the most streamed show of 2021. Brad, your response to this one, my friend? Uh, these these attempts by these fundamentalist groups tend to backfire a lot of times it just brings more attention to shows and makes people want to watch them and that's exactly what happened in this case so i can see why he was thanking them uh and it's just one of those things too they tried to boycott it without really even seeing it you know way back in 2015 uh you know they said it would glorify satan well just because of the name they hadn't even seen it so you know it was pretty ridiculous to try to boycott something without even seeing it for one thing and like i said all it does is bring more attention to it and make people want to check it out you know i grew up up in the satanic panic of the 80s so there was a lot of kids i went to school with that those records that the moms would hate they would go out to the record store to get them because if they hated them they had to check them out so yeah no wonder he thanked them and neil you're just too smart for us what about you what do you think <laughs> yeah i uh i grew up in a a very uh devout home and so that that message was was spread consistently with great uh fervor and it, the, the thing was, like, it was like no one seemed to get that it, it just turned around and inspired kids to go out and, like, find this stuff. Like, cool, <laughs> where's that at? I want that. <laughs> you think, hmm, I don't think this is accomplishing the thing you meant it to. But, hey, I love the fact that, you know, <laughs> the attempt turned out to be such a boon for uh, for Neil Gaiman and for Lucifer. And... You know, I, I'm actually going to encourage these folks to boycott as much of DC's material as possible. I, go for it. Comics, movies. T- can you boycott the Swamp Thing for me? I would love to get that back on the air. Can you yeah. Can you do that? Because, <laughs> like, I think I've got the new strategy. Hey, DC, Warner Brothers, can we just find a way to offend? Just a li- just not, not a lot. Not me. Not not. Just just enough. Just exist and be honest. And through that process, can we just get a little bit more of this? All right. That's my only request. I'm done. Hey, we uh, we got to take an ad break because that's just how we roll here. And then we're going to be right back because it's true. We've got comics and a little bit of other news right here with me, Brad Falecki, DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. Stay tuned. We shall be right back. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. 
The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Bug. A Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogur. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. (laughs) Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. 
We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth <laughs> joke. <laughs> Here's <laughs> hoping. <laughs> We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. Oh my, oh my, how the time does fly. Just like that. Ad break is over. You're back with the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. I'm here with the amazing Brad Felicki. We are flying through an amazing list of stories and it just keeps getting better and better we just wrapped up movie and tv streaming news now we've got comic book news we've got an announcement about a little something called green lantern alliance brad care to fill us in uh yeah well it looks like we're gonna get a bit of a delay uh it's been delayed six months uh it is a sequel to Green Lantern Legacy, which was a lot of fun. And I'm really looking forward to this uh, the sequel. It's just a bummer that we have to wait. But, you know, with, with things the way they are, you know, with, you know, the production line slowing down and everything, it's just something that we have to accept. Uh, I'm glad that we are getting it and we're getting it this year, that the wait won't be that long uh does focus on the Thai fam character who is a great character and uh I, I am looking forward to revisiting that world and i'm willing to wait because it's just you know kind of the nature of the world we're living in at the moment oh what about you yeah i mean it's disappointing because it's such a cool green lantern character and it's okay why can't we get <laughs> why can't we get more green lantern material um and this sequel i mean it's something for fans who've already read the first book are really looking forward to and i love the fact that it was going to be such a fun team up um green lantern and the flash they've got just such a history so i was really um just sort of like pausing and thinking okay this is one of those things that happens it's okay we're still gonna get it but um you know there's a little bit of patience that has to come first, and that's fine. Good things come to those who wait, and when it's something this good, I'm okay with waiting. 
And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I know it'll be worth it when we get it. Now, for those who are looking for something they can get a little bit sooner, but at the same time, don't have to worry about being permanent. Well, guess what? DC Comics will be offering Wonder Woman tattoos come this spring. But don't worry, they're temporary. I used to love those as a kid. Seriously. Brad, you? Uh, you know, I, I kind of went right to the real tattoos. I didn't, uh, I didn't go through the temporary tattoos, (laughs) but I think it's a, it's a cool idea. Uh, um, anything that might get kids to read is a good idea. And Wonder Woman has been really good. So it's good to do these little promotions. Um, you know, yeah. Anything that's going to get kids into comic shops, I'm down for it. And if that's temporary tattoos, then so be it. I just wonder if there's collectors out there that are thinking, well, how much are these tattoos going to be if I keep them, you know, in the packaging, you know, that kind of thing. But it's a cool little promo. What about you? Yeah, apparently the temporary were a gateway for me. I was not aware of this, but yes, <laughs> here I am later with quite a few and sort of chuckling like, I don't think it's stopping. <laughs> I've still got spare skin, so there's probably going to be more. And who knows, man? I totally rock a Wonder Woman tattoo. Um, yeah. It'd look righteous. Uh, and you never know. It could be that uh, one of them, the Themyscirin, the Bonamigal, uh, the Escasita. I mean, it could be the inspiration where I'm like, hey, I liked it permanent. Or I liked it temporary. Let's make it permanent. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, that could happen. You know, if you if you run into me at some point, you're like, is that a golden lasso? I'll be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no, you can't borrow it. It's stuck to my skin. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love the possibility of the excitement. And I, I do love you brought up the collector's fact of like, wait a minute. Wait, do I use it? Do I save it? Oh, the collector dilemma. Um, and it always reminds me, I love that moment in Milestone when I, I got a book and it had the card and he was like, in the intro letter, the editor's like, no, 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 no. You don't keep that card. You don't keep it in the bag. You don't keep it separate. You take it out. You put it in the spokes of your bicycle. You ride up and... <laughs> <laughs> and you got to love that there's got to be collectors like, no. <laughs> no, don't do it. Save the package. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, there's a part of me that says that. The other part of me that's like, dude, take it out and play. Take it out yeah. and play. Play yeah. and play. So, who knows? But that's why people sometimes get two, right? Leave this one in the package. Leave this one to play. Whatever, yeah. man. Whatever works for you best. All right. I can say is, if you see me with a Wonder Woman tattoo, I already explained it. Okay, it was here. <laughs> You were listening. We're good. If not, I'll be like, dude, you got to listen to episode number 149. (laughs) Just go check it out. All right. (laughs) But we've also got some news that, that, uh, you know, like Brad was just saying a minute ago, it's kind of the things we have learned to sort of just understand and accept. Justice League and Wonder Woman comic book series are hit with new delays due to, unfortunately, supply chain challenges. Brad, what did you think about this now? Uh, you know, it, it is a bummer, but again, it's just one of those things that we have to deal with right now. Uh, you know, look how many times we've talked delays. I mean, we, we've been talking delays since before COVID. I think it started with Shazam, God knows how long ago. Uh, and now as we're coming out on the other side of COVID a little bit, 
you know, um, I, I'm kind of surprised that there hasn't been more delays. Uh, you know, so far, it's amazing to me that they've been able to get out Detective Comics every week uh, for the past few weeks, you know. So um, it's just one of those things that you just have to accept that that's the that's the way it's going to be. And just glad that hopefully we're coming around to the other side of it and we're not going to have to deal with these delays anymore. So, uh, I don't know, fingers crossed, uh, you know, times are strange. What about you? Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed, you know, I mean, everybody's got a strategy (laughs) we all deal with how we can. I was looking forward to the next chapter of the Justice League one because, you know, we're we're really getting into that fun Justice League Legion uh, storyline. So um, what can I say? We'll be here when it comes. It's it's like Wonder Woman. It's good stuff. We'll we'll be here. (laughs) <laughs> we're not going anywhere. We're not going to be like, no, we don't want it anymore. It's late. Get rid of it. Um, <laughs> I think I think I'm not alone in that. Sounds like from the chuckle from Brad, uh, I'm definitely not alone on this podcast in that thinking. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, hey, if there's one thing I've really gotten better at over the past two years, it's patience. I'd like to think I was a pretty patient person, but man. If there's one thing I've really improved, it's my ability to just go, yeah, that's just how it is right now. Like, you really can't do much about it. And it's kind of nice when you get it because you're a little more grateful. Maybe that's just me. I do know that that's not the only feature that's uh, going to be delayed. DC will be delaying Milestone's Black History Month special uh, all the way back to June. That was... uh, that was going to be a really uh, cool project. And again, this will simply, you know, make me want a little bit more. Brad, how about you? What do you think about this other delay announcement? Yeah, this delay is a real bummer because that would have been such a cool thing to have come out uh, during Black History Month instead of having to wait, you know, and and DC's anthology books are always so good. Uh, I always look forward to them. Uh, it's just uh, it's just a shame that they missed that opportunity. Um, I just wish there was something they could do. I almost want to say, can't you delay other books just to get this one out on time because it's so timely? But that's just not that's just not how it works. So I guess it's just another one of those things where we just have to uh, suck it up and and uh, know deep down that it'll be worth the wait. What about you? Yeah, and I mean the, the the hard part is these milestone books have been so good, and and this is just such a cool concept, you know. <laughs> and you're thinking yeah. to yourself like, ah, I really wanted to, uh, you know, get my hands on that. Um, in the meantime, as I said before, yeah, it's gonna make it's just gonna make me think a little bit more of like, okay, okay, I know how good it's gonna be when it gets here. I just have to wait a little bit longer and. Yeah, patience, virtues, these things happen. It's all going to be okay, you know. <laughs> I'm sticking to those, okay? I just keep saying them. I keep hoping and thinking and, and knowing. Like, this is DC. They're going to come through. I've got faith. Um, now, among those things that I can be inspired by and look forward to while waiting for other things that I know will be here soon, one of them is a new reveal featuring the Aquaman character designs and a first look for our eyes only. Brad, what did you think? I'm kidding. Other people can see it too. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I, I've liked what's been happening in all the the Aquaman comics, the Black Manta series, and Aquaman becoming, uh, you know, Jackson Hyde's a great character. Uh, and it's cool to get him, to see him teaming up with Arthur Curry here in the series. And the kind of, uh, the background of the story, or I shouldn't say the background, but one plot point that they said is that it starts off with a Atlantean sleeper agent detonating a bomb somewhere, I think they said, in the Midwest. So that's interesting. I want to see how that plays out. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm very curious about the series. And the covers look great. Uh, the character designs look great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. What about you? Yeah, I'm also <laughs> I'm also looking forward to Aquaman. Um, I love what the character designs are suggesting and offering. I've really enjoyed uh, becoming. Um, I've really enjoyed what they've been doing in the Black Mana series. I really feel like overall they're they're clearly you know sowing the seeds and creating the threads where it's like okay, you're building to something where this Aquaman story is going to get. I think really intense and you've got all these stories building up to it that I think are going to make the culmination a really great experience. I think the uh, designs just sort of excite and inspire and <laughs> that's a pretty good thing to enjoy and have, right? Like, mm -hmm. Hey, what do we got here? A little excitement, a little inspiration and some great buildup and some titles leading up to this series. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's some good stuff. I'm, I'm in, I believe it. I buy it. Now, we do have one more in our uh, in our comics news, and that is the possibility of a Gotham Knights comic tie-in possibly leaked. Did it happen? Is it real? Brad, can you help us out? I hope it's real. Uh, uh, I... I would definitely be. I'm so looking forward to this game, uh, and I'd, I'd like maybe the, the idea that it would be a prequel story or something like that. But um, yeah, I, I would totally want to read it. But I, um, well, I guess that's true. I was going to say that DC doesn't do a lot of video game adaptions, but of course you have the whole masterpiece of um, Injustice, and there's been a lot of Batman comics set in the world of the Arkham game. So yeah, I think this could be, you know, fairly possible i think it's you know fairly likely that this could be a thing so uh I, I would read it what about you uh yeah i mean i love the fact that greg capullo is like here here's an image what do you think and then that's that's all it takes because then the image gets pulled you've got this mystery and excitement and everyone's like there's not even a release date what's happening here what's happening um, well I, I, it's hard and this will be a story that we talk about soon <laughs> But there's since there's no release date set on the game, you know, it's, it's kind of going to be tricky to say when they would want to release the comic because um, the comic might give a few spoilers away for the game. So they may want to just wait until they know when the game's coming out before they make a definite announcement about this. Because, um, you know, video game release dates are always um, very fluid. So that could be a reason. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I just hope it happens. I totally agree. Um, and I just realized I think I left my 
my mic unmuted, so you've been hearing a lot of the dog snoring for a minute there, and you're welcome. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and shift gears because we've got other news, and as Brad just said, we will be talking about it momentarily. Guess what? Guess what? We will. The uh, Gotham Knights release window has been reiterated by WB's boss. Okay, Brad, can you decipher that headline for us? Like, what? Well, it, it's uh, – I, I think people were getting a little nervous that this game was going to be pushed back until 2023. But basically they came out and said, no, it's still it's still coming out this year, but there's been no specific release date given. And we haven't really heard much. You know, we heard a little bit at Fandome, but not really much since then. And that always makes gamers a little bit nervous because when you don't hear from things that sometimes – isn't necessarily good news when it comes to video games. The no news is not good news. It means that maybe the, you know, for whatever reason, the work on the game has slowed or stopped, something like that. But it's it's good that they're assuring us that it is going to come out this year because this is this is uh, definitely one game that I'm excited for. And I haven't been able to pick up uh, a PS5 or the new xbox uh and i haven't minded because you know once again it's things you have to accept with these supply chains but also there hasn't been you know a game only released for these new systems that i've had 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 to play um they've all been either released for both or you know been pushed back this game might be one that is not released for the previous generation for the ps4 or the xbox one so uh i don't mind it being pushed back personally because i don't want to have to rush out and try to find a ps5 or an xbox series x right now i'm 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 okay with waiting until they become easily more easily available so personally i'm okay if it gets pushed back a little bit but it is good to see that we're going to get it before 2023 yeah i mean i'm i have to kind of rely on you and I think maybe, you know, Steve can sometimes give some insights. I know he mentioned his son, uh, you know, does a lot of gaming or uh, enough for him in the uh, the Arkham games. To it. So for me, I'm just sort of like, all right, cool, because I get it from your perspective. <laughs> and for me, that's the most I can really do. Um, uh, I, I think, honestly, in the past like month or two, I've been busy enough that I'm thinking to myself, like, if I had a game system, it would sit there. And I would keep looking at it the way I do these stacks of comics. I'm still trying to read and I just be looking at it like one day, one day. And I just don't know if I need anything else on that list. You know what I mean? Like, I think I've got enough things that are waiting for me to like have some free time. So it's great to get your insights because, you know, there's the context thing for me. You know, once I feel like with certain industries, they, they move fast enough that once you've been out for long enough, the, the the context and the concept of what's being you know offered and explanations and when it comes to delays and things like that it can be lost on those who don't game as often but for those who do it's like what do you mean you don't get it what what do you mean and i totally get it i'd be like you know it's like if i was like the really rabid legends of tomorrow guy and i was like brad what do you mean you haven't caught up are you kidding me oh my goodness there's everything you, you know what i mean like there's a there's a natural understanding. So I can get that there's a whole spectrum of fans who play the games. And 
I'm in my spectrum, but you give me that insight. It's like Brad standing up there on the, the mountaintop going like, all right, so Seth, what I could tell you is this. And I'm like, cool, great. Best part is I didn't even have to climb the mountain to find that out. Thanks, Brad. Um, so it's a blessing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I can I can lean on your experience and be like, ah, now, now I understand what I'm capable of understanding without actually being a gamer. All right. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Um, now, I also don't collect a lot of figures. Goes back to the whole wall space thing with the. I mean, I'm trying to figure out bookshelf space sometimes. So, what am I going to do with these McFarland toys except drool and hope and want and maybe find myself wandering down um, a store aisle? Well, it could have something to do with the fact that there is a new Target exclusive DC multiverse set. Oh my. Brad, your thoughts, my friend? Um, well, First off, this is another story where I where I feel a little ignorant because I've never seen that Batman of Zer and R before. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that right. That is completely new to me. And I gotta say, as great as these figures look, that Batman gets a definite thumbs down, flicky fashions. That color scheme is, ugh. but um, the characters are like all. McFarland toys are sculpted really great. Uh, and the, the detail is just amazing. Um, and I, they've really done a lot, McFarland toys, when they got this DC license to give us all these different versions of these characters from all, all around the multiverse. That was so smart. And putting like things like exclusives in Target is good for, I guess, for the collector's market because they're going to be harder to find so collectors are going to be really wanting to get their hands on this and i love the idea that you'll be able to make a starro figure i think that's a, a a cool thing uh as far as the Ultraman, the crime syndicate superman i i really dig it and i hope that that influences them to make other uh crime syndicate figures i think that would be a really cool idea and a really cool set to have so uh, I guess that's my two cents. What about you? Okay, so thank you for weighing in because that was going to be one of my questions about the whole Felicky Fashions thing because I saw that Batman suit and I was like, I I have concerns. Ugh, um, ugly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm even trying to look for like an origin for that thing. Like, why would you have that? How yeah. does that fit into your story? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, if... You were cold and all you had was a yellow sweatshirt and <laughs> yeah. a ripped up red one to throw over it. I don't know, a long sleeve shirt with a red sweatshirt. A anyways, um, <laughs> thank you, Brad, for weighing in. If you want to know what we're talking about, trust me, just go out there and uh, take a look. I, I have faith because, yeah, the Batman of Zurinar. Um Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at what Brad said, because, man, otherwise I can't really explain why it's happening. I just know that it is. And yeah, there it goes. There it went. Here we are. But <laughs> don't worry. We're ending on a more positive point. We have one final story in our other selection, and that's a Batman Everybody Lies Detective Portal Games. Whoa, Brad, what would you think about this? I think it's a, a cool i a cool idea. 
I'm not big. I, I'm not big into tabletop games, um, but uh, I, I think that this would have a huge appeal to people who are. Um, there's something, you know, everybody loves Batman. So it seems um, like a no brainer that they would make a tabletop game because there's so many different parts of the character that you can use in a tabletop game. Do you want to make it a detective story? Uh, do you want to, you know, make it an action RPG type of tabletop game? There's so many, so many, you know, avenues that you could explore. So I think it's a good idea and, and probably an idea whose time has come. So, yeah, I, I think it's kind of cool. I don't know if I'll ever play it. Like I said, I'm not into tabletop games, but if somebody was like, hey, you want to come over? We're playing this Batman game. I would say, sure. What about you? Yeah, that's the that's the thing. It's not something I find myself making time for. Like back around Christmas, we were at like a white elephant party thing. And one of the uh, packages was open was for a card table game series that I wasn't familiar with. And I was like, oh, hey, check that out. And then I thought to myself, like, if I get that, if we get that, because it was actually my wife playing, my my role was secondary. Um, <laughs> and I learned that at another white elephant where I was like, oh, I'm going to get my hands on those samurai swords. And she was like, no, you have to trade them for these fragrant soaps. And I was like, OK, I don't know what just happened here, but the balance of power is clearly no longer in my favor, if it ever was. So um, it, it was kind of cool to check out this this card game pack for a minute while someone else ended up getting it. I'm like, let me take a look at that. So I, I concept seemed cool. I love the idea of, of tabletop games still being something that people gather around and play. And yeah, if you were like, hey, we're going to do a thing. Come on over. It's going to be cool. I would be probably down to do that. Might be one of the few things that gets me out of the house. Otherwise... Uh, I, I return to my hermitage and I'm happy there. But uh, if you're going to entice me, this could be the kind of thing that does it. And man, what a fun, positive story for us to wrap up this uh, this episode. Um, you, you know, before we <laughs> yeah. wrap up, I did want to mention one more quick story. Uh, sure. And it's also in the other section um, and it deals with my part McFarland toys. They have opened pre-orders for uh, the Batman figures and statues. So I know that. There's probably folks out there listening that are loving these McFarlane toys. So get out there and do your pre-orders because there's a uh, – once again, the sculpting looks great. Um, got the Riddler, got Batman, Penguin. Uh, so those figures look great. And there's a Batman 12-inch statue and a Riddler 12-inch statue also coming out. So uh, definitely, definitely check that out. Ah, Brad, you're a prince. Yep, I see. I just totally skipped over that story. See, folks, this is why we need people like Brad on here with me, because that would have never happened. I would have just blown along like, do to do everything's great. Look how great I am. That was done. Um, <laughs> Brad's right. If you want to get your pre-orders in, get, get over there. Like, just pick your favorite Batman, Riddler, Penguin, 12-inch statues. Just, just go. Go, 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 go. Apparently, you can pre-order from Amazon and Entertainment Earth. And if you get a minute and you do that, give a shout out to Brad. He's one who made sure you knew about it. I am always grateful to have him around. I totally missed that story. Thanks, man. Look at that. Two great stories to end up. Hey, I like that. Double whammy. Um, okay. With that, we've made it to the end of episode number 149. And I made it here with you. I stumbled at the end, but Brad picked me up. So we look good or better, or at least I'm not lying on the floor anymore. Brad, 
given the wisdom and insights you've displayed just in the last 10 minutes, you know people are probably going to be clamoring. Maybe if it's just for that fashion advice, who can say for sure? Should they choose to uh, try and hunt you down, try and find you, reach out? What's the best ways? Where do they go? Uh, you can find me writing news reviews at dccomicsnews.com. You can also find me on the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast, part of the DC Comics News Podcast Network. And you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. What about you, Seth? Where can people find you? Yeah, just come back here. DC Comics News weekly podcast hosting the Spinner Rack, where I'm joined, you know, with so many other great programs from I Am The Night, the episode-by-episode breakdown of uh, Batman the Animated Series, hosted by Steve J. Ray, the Mad Love Series, hosted by the gang when we get a little bit rowdy and, yeah. Um, <laughs> and all the other great stuff we have in store coming your way. Come here, find me. Should you choose to do some sort of sneaky internet sleuthing and, you know, I'm Seth, my last name's Singleton. And if you find me, you found me. And good job. <laughs> you can make sure that you never miss an episode by subscribing on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you already have, tell a friend. Tell them more on all the big ones. Like, uh, I don't know, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, uh, all the little ones, too. The platform you're listening on right now, tell them about that one because that's how they'll know. And the more people we have, well, the more people you can talk about afterwards – about these great stories. And if you want to talk to us directly about these great stories, any of them or anything we said, go ahead and find us on your favorite social media platform. Whether you're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, use the at symbol DC Comics News. And when you do, you will be guaranteed to uh, tag us in that message. So we know it's you. And this way we can respond. With that, we only have one other thing we like to say at the end of each episode, this one being number 149. And just like all the 148 before it, there's that thing we like to say, which is to always read more comics. comics. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hey, thanks, folks. Can't wait to have another great time talking stories with you. Bye for now.